Today on Locked on Red Wings, we bring back Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey Griffins to give us a Jacob Vrana update and just let us know how those Grand Rapids Griffins are doing up to this point in the season. You're Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is a freelance journalist for the Detroit News, as well as the host of Locked On Red Wings. And today we bring back True or Locked On Tigers. <laughs> I think people got that one. I mean, you are a host of Locked On Red Wings. You are. You're true. right. You're right. You're not wrong. Off to a great start. Uh, we bring back Andrew Rinaldi, a field pass hockey. He's a beat writer for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Andrew, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. I just got back from a little New Year's Eve night in Grand Rapids and, um, you know, taking another L, but we'll we'll get to that. Other than that, been doing fantastic. Off to a great start in 23. That's great to hear, man. It's it's great to have you back on. We were kind of going back at it, uh, back and forth on Twitter the other day when Jacob Vrana started his conditioning stint, and you said mm-hmm. something along the lines of like, "I got to make sure I can come back." And I had already in my head it was like, "I should probably get Andrew back on soon with Jacob Vrana coming <laughs> down." So that timing of you saying that, I was like, "He he knows, he knows." <laughs> I, I had time. a feeling. <laughs> the source. These the the source for Griffin's news on Lockdown Red Wings, but yeah. So obviously we're gonna spend the first 10 minutes here at the very minimum talking about Jacob Vrana uh, news came out today as of recording this on Monday, the second that his conditioning stint is going to be extended from those three games. That was initial to the entire two weeks that he can stay down there. Um, what are your thoughts so far on Vrana's play? How has he looked? I know he doesn't have any points yet, um, but how has he looked like back in shape wise uh, on the ice with the Griffins? Yeah, he, he seems like a guy who, I mean, you can just, like I said, I was there on Saturday. Just the eye test, the guy is clearly, you know, talent level is above the 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 AHL. But I think just kind of getting his legs under him still. I mean, it's been, you know, over two months since his last game. So you kind of got to give him a little more than three games to kind of really start getting getting uh, getting back to full speed. Um, you know, he he – He's, he was in the right position, I saw, pretty much on a consistent basis, but it was um, kind of getting the speed and transition. Um, and then he had a couple times where he was fed some one-timers and just, like, completely whiffed on them. Um, I had a chance to chat with him after the game, and you could just – you could see the frustration he had with himself and just, like, he uh, – you know, he's he's a very competitive guy. No matter – even if he's playing down here at the AHL level, he wants, he wants to win games, and he's – he emphasized, you know, he's been there for three games and they have, they've had three losses. So he's, he's, I don't think he's happy with his game kind of where it's at right now. I think he needs a little time to get into it. And um, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of getting back on that bike, you know? And I think once he kind of gets up to rhythm, gets back, you know, gets his legs back under him, gets up to speed, he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. It's just a matter, you know, it's not just like pushing a button and you're, back ready to play with the greatest hockey players in the world. You know, it's going to take a little bit of time here for him. 
Is is the conditioning like the the biggest thing you think at the moment? I mean, like you said, the talent level is like I mean that's you know we all know that. Obviously, he's better than an than an AHL player, but like, is, is it really just the biggest thing? Just just gonna be the the conditioning? Yeah, I think it was definitely more noticeable the first two games, but um, you know, a lot of a lot of our uh, our fans and followers said like, oh, you know, they didn't even really notice him. He didn't really get a lot of playing time in. It was more just kind of getting him on the ice and seeing how he was doing, and you know, instead of giving him like, okay, we're giving him like first line, you know, minutes, twenty five minutes tonight, and get him going like it's it, it's it's kind of just kind of getting again back into that rhythm um so i think i do think it's more it's more of a physical thing you know just kind of yeah just getting back your your body into that rhythm of getting up for practices and game days every every single day it's 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 no joke being out for for months it's just like coming off an injury in a way mm-hmm. so um there's a lot of a lot of positives to look forward to he had one really good chance on a one-timer that I really wanted to see go in but the goalie from Milwaukee kind of moved across laterally and made an unreal save on him um you know their announcers called it the the, their save of the year and everything so I'm not just like trying to saw that highlight yeah Yeah, it was it was a really good play um so he's so you know a couple things here and there like he's getting there, but then I saw another one on the other end of the ice where he just had one just like looked like me trying to rip a one timer in Frazier and just totally whiffed on it. I've, so, I've been there too. Yeah, <laughs> at least one a couple weeks ago. In fact, well, uh, you know, whereas I just kind of laugh and shrug about it. Obviously, he was a little more frustrated in the post gamer. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, it's just a matter of we'll we'll see where he's at at the end of these at the end of these two weeks. I think. By that time, he should be he should be fine. I just think that right, maybe you know three games. You know the last two were back to back. It's tough to kind of get yourself in and and ready. It, it, it's it you know after a break like that, I don't I don't blame the wings for being like okay, let's let's give them a little more time to uh, to simmer down there. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, us as Red Wings fans were hoping that he could come back as soon as possible and just would miraculously be prepared to play NHL caliber games after not playing a game since October. But, you know, Scotty and I talked about it and that we we knew that they hadn't ruled out sending him down to Grand Rapids because they said that that's still a possibility. And I think in the back of my head, I'm like, I knew that was probably the right choice to make uh, just because, like you said, it's like coming off of an injury. And so. In the three games, you said that there's been flashes and that it's a, a just a matter of getting his legs under him by mm-hmm. the end. And I'm asking your opinion more than like analysis on this part. But, you know, at the end of this two week stretch and he's going to have I don't know how many more games in that span, but he'll have several more games in that span. Where do you think that he should be? Um, do you think he should just be 100 percent back legs wise and be ready? Or do you think it's still going to be like, OK, even when he gets back called to the NHL? probably going to take a little bit longer to get those legs underneath him. Yeah. I think by probably by the end of this stint, you'll see him definitely making those plays more consistently. Um, some of them, hopefully we'll find them in the back of the net and get the Griffins into the wind column a bit here. But um, I wouldn't expect like his first game back in Detroit. He's just all of a sudden kind of lighting it up because then it begins another adjustment period. And then you get, you know, the, the speed down here in which the plays are made at the AHL is obviously way different. That's you know, the whole point of the two different leagues and everything. So, <laughs> um, so there's going to be, he's not going to be a guy. I mean, he might come in and, and just light it up immediately, but I would, I would kind of like 
ease the expectations on him. Be patient. We know we've seen what he can do before. We know what he's capable of. It's just a matter of having him, you know, it's it's almost like he, he was in for those two games in October. Then he was out. Now it's almost like he's you're putting him back through like tra- a training camp scenario preseason in Grand Rapids. And then you have him kind of getting gear as he's really getting into his own into his game. Now you bring him up to Detroit and get him back into his into his old role, and it's going to take some time. Again, it's it's going to be all about patience. And the good thing about having some of these young kids up here, like Berggren and Soderblom, is that we're not rushing because we're starved for for playmakers. We have some other guys who can fill the gap for the time being, and I think they've done they've done an excellent job. And I, yes, I would like to see some some goals in Grand Rapids. They could use a couple of those goals, but <laughs> it's for me. I'm more trying to see, you know, the just the the you know the light touch passes, the plays here and there, the ones that that show me that you know his mind's engaged and he's into the game and that he's he's up to speed with the timing of, you know, the plays going through the neutral zone more so than. You know, he just hammers a shot and the goalie makes a great save on it. So there's nothing showing up on the scoreboard and like, oh, that'll come. I think kind of getting the, you know, more of the, the intangibles in there kind of is is the focus for the time being. And then once he's there, the goals will follow afterwards. Absolutely. Uh, when we come back, we'll transition into talking about the Griffins as a whole as they're not doing so hot so far this season. Last place in the division. And we'll talk about. At reasons why that could be. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news, and analysis. You get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, and hey, maybe some world junior hockey action. Quarterfinals going on as we speak. Team USA rolled over Team Germany. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Hi, Lacey. How are you? I trapped a cat in the room again by accident. And now she's. You keep doing that, man. She's Well, she hides <laughs> under the bed, so I don't know if she's in here. Um, what's up? You know, she's just stretching. She's just stretching. If she comes over here, we'll have a cat cam, but that's all she comes over here or not. Um, segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. We're joined by Andrew Rinaldi of Field Pass Hockey. He's a Griffins beat writer for them. Um, let's talk about the Griffins as a whole. Right now, they are currently last in the um, in uh, Central Division. They are 11-17-1 and one in 29 games played. What's going on with them, man? I mean, I'll obviously... The fact that Soderblom didn't get sent down to the AHL to start the season when you would probably think that's going to be a huge help. Bergen got called up. Valeno stayed at the team at the start of the season. That's got to be, you know, huge blows to what could have been making this Griffins team a lot better. But besides that, like, what's going on in net? What's going on in the depth? Why is the team in last? For sure. Um, those those call-ups were definitely a huge um, a huge bummer early on in this in this season. Um, you know, Berggren was up well, maybe not even a month in, and I don't know about you guys, I don't expect to see him back down here in Grand Rapids anytime Better not. Yeah, neither do we. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when you had the injuries up in Detroit, you had Matt Luff get called up. Then he gets hurt, so yeah, he's out right. for a while. And they were – they were expected to lean on him for a big veteran presence in that lineup. He's not there. 
Austin Zarnick just got back and he's kind of taken over that, um, you know, that number one center role there in Grand Rapids, but, um, you know, they were missing him for a big chunk of the season. And the, another big injury that's really hit this team has been Cross Hannes. He was a big depth producer for them early on, scored some huge goals, especially in that Toronto series in November. And he's been out for the last couple of weeks now. Um, you know, it's getting injury information out of AHL teams is like pulling teeth. So I don't even try and ask those questions anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> he's, um, that, that, I mean, that's, that's a big uh, uh, you know, a big hole to, to fill in your lineup that uh, a surprise for sure. A 20 year old coming out and producing like he was, but when you lose that now they've managed to kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. Um, you know, uh, Danny O'Regan was acquired in that three-way trade. Um, they signed Alex chase on, which that was, uh, uh, I haven't asked him quite about that, that meme of, uh, the three red wings laughing at him yet, but I'm, I'm working my way into that direction. <laughs> Love so, it. so you lose a lot of, a lot of depth scoring They're They're still kind of trying to, uh, to work their way into it. But I think a, a big issue with this team is just consistency. Um, just this past weekend, they start out the first game against Milwaukee and it almost looked like they just were not interested in playing hockey whatsoever. The effort wasn't there. And it just, it's one thing if the team's more talented than you, but if you don't outwork them, then it's, you know, what are, what are we even doing here at the end of the day? So then they, they turn around and show a better effort against Milwaukee and, you know, they just kind of fall short and essentially a one goal game. But there's just there's so many roller coaster rides with this team, and they're up, and then they're down, and then they're up, and they're down, and they're up, and it's like you look like they they maybe they've they've kind of found it out, and then they you know they lay a dud against a team like Hartford or something. So it's it's hard to gauge kind of what Griffin's team you're gonna get because there are a lot of guys out here when their identity is you know their their is, is their compete level really. And however, wherever, again, no matter what the talent they got, they're going to show up and they're going to work. But when you don't show up and you don't work, that's, and that's the whole identity of your team. Like what are you, what's going on? What are you doing? So that's, that's been another issue. And then the, the, the other big one, and, and that's kind of the elephant in the room is that the goaltending has just not, not been there. Um, and, and a lot of it is, Due to having a young defense in front of them, you know, uh, Emil Viro, uh, Albert Johansson, Simon Edmondson are all guys in their first year up here in, um, in, in North America. But you look at a guy like Donovan Sabrango, who's been down in Toledo to, to kind of develop his game there instead of what we expected to kind of have another big season here in Grand Rapids. And, and then the, the wheels just kind of fall off. You know, you, you lean on the vet guys like Steven Kampfer and Brian Lashoff, but they're, um, you know, they can only do so much. And, and, and really, I mean, just neither one of UC Okinawa or Victor Bradstrom has really been able to kind of seize the starters crease. It's been kind of one or the other. And they'll, follow up a great performance with a not so great performance. Again, that whole consistency issue. And, you know, the last time we saw Sebastian Kosa, he got lit up for six goals in a period and it's like, Oh, maybe he's not ready yet. So it's um, just a lot of questions and not a whole lot of answers being provided by this Griffins lineup right now. Well, I, I think 
I wanted to ask about Kosa specifically. I know he's been in Toledo for a, a large majority of <laughs> lately because of uh, what you just mentioned. But um, obviously at the very beginning of the season, it was kind of like, oh, like where is he going to play? And he was like going down on off days and then like coming back up for game days. And it was like weird. And and now, like I said, lately, we, you know, obviously he's been in Toledo for a lot. But uh just talk about whether it's like the beginning of the season or like maybe if there's still like expectations in the room about like where, like when is he going to get some legitimate playing time? Is that still like looking pretty far away, I guess? I think as long as Bratstrom and Olkin Yura's goals against average kind of hover around four, I believe the last time I was looking at him. Um, no, Okunura yeah, is a, a, improved to a 3.75. So, okay, there's some improvement there. But okay. um, <laughs> as long as there's that, I think there's going to be, like, a, a opportunity for for Kosa. But, I mean, when you see Seabass get lit up the way that he did against Chicago earlier in uh, in December, that, that was a tough one there. You know, he – there was again he wasn't helped out quite a lot by the griffins but there is also you know some communication issues with the defenseman he plays a puck and then turns around and it's in his net and then there's some other ones where just doesn't look like he's got his positioning down right and and then a lot of it's just you know the mentality of a young netminder kind of getting you know their team getting caved in and it's you know it's it's tough to respond um so i think the best option for him is to remain in Toledo where he can at least like have a somewhat competitive team. I know I'm kind of dragging on the Griffins here a little bit, but I mean, when you're last in place, I think it's a little bit, yeah, exactly. (laughs) you know, and so you can, and not only that, he's not battling with a couple other veterans for starts. He's the guy and you feed him those starts and he can work on those facets of his game without getting caved in for six goals in a period. So I think that's the better option for him. I don't think we're done seeing him in Grand Rapids this year. I, as long as you keep getting what you're getting out of the netminders, um, I think he's bound to just like, okay, let's give him a shot and see what we got here. Maybe, you know, he puts in a good body of work and in, in Toledo and then maybe end of February, we're like, hey, you know, I, we're kind of 15 points out of the playoff race here or whatever it is. You know, let's let's give him a shot. Why not? You know, it can't hurt us. Um, so I wouldn't expect a whole big helping of Kosa, but you know, he might, he might come in and later in the year and, and just give us, give us a change of pace and see what we might have in store coming up maybe for next year. Yeah. There's, I, I want to ask you about Edvinson, but I'll wait until we get to the segment three, just cause we're starting to get close. But before we get mm-hmm. to segment three, I do want to ask you a little bit more about Donovan Sobrango. Um, mm-hmm. cause he was a guy who seemingly, I'm not he not that he's taken a step back this year, but he's he took a step forward last year. I was really impressed with what he did and his what last year was his first professional year. Mm-hmm. Um and now this year he got sent back down to the ECHL to, like you said, further develop his game. What what do you think you've seen out of Donovan Sabrango that makes you think that okay, maybe he needs a little bit more time at the ECHL level before he's ready to make that leap? Yeah, I I asked Coach Simon about about Sabrango being assigned earlier in uh, in December. And I think the emphasis was more, you know, instead of having him as a a third pairing defender on Grand Rapids is that 
you send him to Toledo where he can be the number one defender in all situations and, you know, kind of like what we're doing with Kosa instead, um, but with the defender, which it, it, it makes sense. And, uh, you know, but it, it, it's still at the end of the day, you know, you kind of feel at your core that like it, you know, it feels like a demotion. You know, here's a guy who during the COVID season, because of, of uh, you know, juniors not playing, he's in Grand Rapids and actually kind of looks pretty good when he's yeah. there. And then last season, you know, he, okay, he's got his first full season, looks pretty good. So now you're just, so when you get demoted, now I guess you're thinking in your head, like, okay, like what? is wrong and it doesn't necessarily mean that something's wrong i do think that maybe they kind of expected a bit of a step forward and maybe it wasn't as big of a step that they're seeing in his game um but you can kind of say that around the board for a lot of a lot of yeah. the guys here. So i'm not gonna i'm not gonna just you know call out donovan because i, yeah. I mean he brings a lot to this team well that's that's exactly it because i remember especially when world juniors did end up happening you know he made a couple big plays for team canada and so i was i was actually really shocked because i don't admittedly follow the griffins as closely as i follow the red wings mm-hmm. um so i was shocked when i saw they sent them down to the echl because at last i had checked he was he was really taking strides at least that from what I had heard. So mm-hmm. it was a bit, but it's not like you, like you said, it's kind of the same thing when play, they send prospects or young guys from the NHL team down to the AHL. It's the same philosophy. It's like what's better served is the minutes on the third pair versus the minutes on the top pair to a slightly lower level. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not too worried. Uh, I'm not worried about his development. I was just curious to see if like maybe yeah. there was, what was the reason coach Simon said, and you kind of just I, laid it out. There. Yeah, yeah. I think it has more to do with a guy like Albert Johansson coming over and seamlessly being so strong in his He's game, good. especially the transition from Europe to, to North America that he could be one of like, I would say one of the earlier call-ups, maybe I think it, Probably would have Jared McIsaac at the top of that list, but Albert Johansson is not Thank far you. behind. And um, and so when you, yeah, Johansson wasn't here last year, not to to push the Brango, and he is here this year. Emil Viro is another guy who I thought looked really good on Saturday, and you know, and just again, first season in North America, but he's learning with each and every game, and. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to have those, the, you know, a bit of those log jams sometimes, you know, it's like, who do we want up here? Who do we want down there? And, and Sabrengo, I guess, was just kind of the odd man out in that situation. Awesome. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll get, come back and we'll ask you about Simon Edvinson because I'm sure that's really one of the guys that our listeners want to hear about. So uh, stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings, Tuesday edition. We are joined by Andrew Rinaldi, beat writer for Field Pass Hockey, uh, Grand Rapids Griffins beat writer. Should probably add that in there. Um, if people haven't garnered that already, at least. And yeah, uh, Andrew, Simon Edvinson. Keep it nice and simple. What have you seen? Yeah. Um, just just steady progress, I can say, from uh, from day one. Um, you know, he his offensive numbers might not you know jump out and, and wow you, but... He's also not really um, being asked to perform that role in Grand Rapids right now. Um, you know, just for example, on the power play, they're looking more to guys like Stephen Camfer or Jared McIsaac. And then, you know, you give Simon Evanson some power play time there. But, um, I mean, at the moment, he the 
biggest thing I've noticed in his game developing is he's kind of getting a bit of a mean streak in there. And he's, he's really starting to fill out on that six foot six frame and knowing how to use it to, to clear out defenders or to clear out forwards in front of the net. And, and, and sometimes when guys try and get a little nasty with him or they'll kind of throw some shots, he really got into the heads of the Iowa wild the last time they, they played him, And, and, and we just, you love seeing him throw his weight around. You love seeing him just get you know, a little mean and nasty in front of the net, you know. And for a 19-year-old kid, to, I mean, who's bigger than everyone on the ice and kind of recognize that and, and you know, he doesn't back down. I think that's kind of been one of the one of the bigger aspects of his game to evolve over the last couple of months that, you know, we've started to see him at the beginning of the season. His, you know, uh, Coach Simons really emphasized his compete level and how he's he's really grown in that regard as well. And, and you know, as he's 19 years old. Again, I know he was drafted real high, but he's not going to have these big glowing offensive numbers. So anyone who's saying he's only got one goal, you know, don't freak out and hit the panic button and like uh, start calling this kid a bust because, you know, Mo Sider didn't have the greatest offensive production at the beginning and, and Grand Rapids either. And I think he turned out okay. Well, and also I like to add this in. It's okay to let your defenseman be defenseman. Yeah. You don't, you don't need your defenseman. Every defenseman doesn't need to be Cal McCarr and score hundred points in a season. It's all right for them to, you know, <laughs> stay at home. Like what did Nick mm-hmm. Litzer make a living doing staying at home? So right. it's all right to let them play defense. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, the philosophy I live by. Red Wing has got enough <laughs> off. You got Hronick. You got Jake Wallman. Sider's got offensive upside. I'm okay with Simon Evanson being a defensive mm-hmm. guru. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and in that regard, I think he's, you know, as a 19 year old is going to adjust and make his mistakes, but I think he also learns from them. I think he's, he's growing. He's, he, he's doing very well, especially at, at just exiting the zone, getting the puck out without, having, you know, four checkers draped all over them and getting big costly turnovers. And, and ultimately that's kind of, you know, kind of like you said, what, what you want out of your defenseman, you know, that's the first word in defenseman is defense. So I think, I think he's, he's doing himself. He's, he's, he's rounding into his game, looking like a, a real solid player. I just, I love watching him just skate he's a really smooth skater especially for his size i mean it should it's it's almost unnatural how how smooth you can you can flow when you got that kind of big frame on you so remember his breakaway goal during uh, world juniors the canceled one yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so uh, we haven't seen anything like that yet here in in grand rapids but i, I think it's kind of just a, a matter of time for him to kind of you know build his confidence with, both with and without the puck and i mean you know, still, I mean, we're only just a handful over 20 games into the season here for him. So just the sky's the limit on this young kid. And, you know, it's I just I it's it, it's just it's a tough situation also when you're in a last place team, you know, and you kind of you see some of the lineups shaking up and it's like, OK, you know, well, you know, this isn't working. Why don't we try this and, and seeing him a bit more? But I do think that kind of insulating him is best for his development, you know, because ultimately you throw out a 19 year old on a, on a team that's not really playing the best hockey and it could destroy his confidence more than anything. So I, I think that they're, they're on the right, they're on the right track. And, you know, anyone who thinks otherwise should take a look at most Sider's game film because two different players, obviously, but ones that we hope end up in the right, the same trajectory. For sure. 
I uh, I don't have any more individual. I was kind of going to ask a general question, Brian, unless you have any more individual players. Go for you wanna... it. No, go for it. I think I just we've been talking about like like pros and cons of so many players and like oh like you know it's a last place team and a lot of negatives. Just rattle off a few names of like who's just impressed you the most this year. Like that's that like just just some positivity at the end here. We'll sprinkle that in at the end for sure. Um, I've already talked about Albert Johansson and just yeah. how much he surprised me coming in. But I you know I I can't stress that enough about how how poised he looks in his own zone. Um, I mean, he came up with a couple of huge shot blocks over on Saturday night and kind of, you know, same thing you know, when it's defense first and he really exemplifies that and, and he's looked great in his own zone. Um, and as a young player, you know, he's going to continue to learn. He's going to continue to make mistakes, but he's going to learn from those and he's going to end up being a, a better player as a result. Um, I really liked what I've seen from him. And uh, the other one's been uh, Pontus Andreasen. I've really he's he's got some some smooth mitts. I don't want to say he's Datsukian because there's a, a bit of a, a reputation behind that. But there's some plays that he makes sometimes where he's got a bit he's got a bit of that trickiness. You know, he makes a little head fake and bounces the puck off the boards, and then he's got it again over on the other side. And it's like that that was nice. Um, he's, he's moved into a great, uh, a great position, been developing some chemistry with, uh, Joel Lesperance there, and they've both been kind of putting up, uh, a, a solid amount of points for a team that's dead last in goals in the division. And, you know, I think after he, he kind of got through his adjustment period coming over here from Sweden, that he's starting to settle in, you know, had a, had another big goal on Saturday night, and he's going to be a guy that, that they're going to they're going to lean on for, for offense. You know, he's in, in a, in a perfect world, we'd see him playing on the, with cross Hannes over on the other wing. And those two were just, were just, it was just instant chemistry, but he's, he's kind of had to move around the lineup. Everyone's been moving around the lineup here with, with injuries and call-ups and everything, but he's a guy who's just, I think he's as far as consistency has definitely been one of the most consistent forwards for the Griffins, which is saying a lot because there hasn't been a lot of that this year. So I have one more question for you and it actually has to do with the Red Wings, but it could impact the Griffins. So three players all practice for the Detroit Red Wings on Monday, Robbie Fabry, Philip Zadina and Tyler Bertuzzi, all in non-contact jerseys, all playing on their own line. Um, but Robbie Fabry is listed as day-to-day. Now, Derek Lalonde has said, um, and this part's kind of just news or notes to the listeners. We haven't said this part. Um, but Derek Lalonde has said that it would be tough to see any taking out any of Soderblom, Valeno, or Berggren because of the fact they've been playing so well. Um, but when these three players plus Verona come back, so four total, are healthy, some roster decisions are going to have to be made. Now, barring a trade, assuming a trade doesn't happen, what players do you expect to see in Grand Rapids, assuming that they make it past waivers if they're not already waiver exempt? Mm-hmm. See, that's just it. It's it, it's all about the the philosophy of do you want to risk throwing that guy on on waivers or do you want to do you want to send down the kid who's been playing really well and probably doesn't deserve it, but there's just no room and we'll see. So, you know. I, from the popular threads that I've been reading, you know, the, the popular suspects are, are, you know, the Adam Ernie's or the Pew suitors of the world and everything. Um, 
apparently everyone just want us wants to see all of our penalty killers put on waivers and then i don't know who's going to kill penalties once that's all said and done so it's all about points don't you know that andrew <laughs> right well you know i mean the griffins did have a uh eight to seven comeback win over chicago so yeah maybe we just score eight goals and, and <laughs> everyone is happy it's worked out so well for them so far um <laughs> So, I mean, I, I think you're going to have to maybe as, – as I know everyone's going to kick my teeth in for this, but I do think that maybe Soderblom's going to have to end up being the guy coming down. Um, or are you going to send down Bergen? Because I think that he, that second power play line has never looked better than when he's been on there and – I see. I I agree with you on. So, I think so tough to justify. That's, you can't, that's such you a, literally. Can't. That's like such a like difficult argument to make at this. It, point. I just uh, want Bergeron sent down because I'm going this weekend and it's Jonathan <laughs> Bergeron bobblehead night, and I want to interview him with the bobblehead. And like, is it that much to ask? Nice. It's it's such a tough situation. I think Soderblom, out of the guys that are waiver uh, exempt. I think Soderblom is the only one that you really can justify sending down because I think there are facets of his game that could still be worked on. But mm-hmm. like he hasn't necessarily looked out of place at the NHL level. He seems to have found it finding his groove as every game goes on. But mm-hmm. Bear Green looks 100% NHL ready. I haven't seen a flaw in his game bad enough that I'd be like, yeah, he needs more time. He doesn't need more time. And mm-hmm. I, we were saying at the end of last season, Scotty and I were saying at the end of last season, he really doesn't need more time. But last year was such a bust already. They were like, well, let's just have him finish out the year. Valeno is really taking a step forward this year, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think Soderblom could. And then you have three, you're, you're handing three goalies. You're, you're juggling three of them. You might end, do you, do you risk, you know, obviously Halberg's on a one-year deal, but he's been the guy you've been going to as your backup lately. Uh, mm-hmm. Nadelkovich's deal is expiring. Do you just risk losing a goalie on waivers? Yeah, I'm glad I'm not the one making these decisions. Yeah. I can say that much. <laughs> it's tough, uh, man. Yeah, the the net situation is. I mean, Helberg looked really good down here with with the Griffins, and I was hoping that we would have you know maybe extended his conditioning stint a little longer. But uh, he looked too good. He he only <laughs> needed that one week. Yeah, he was he was he was perfectly fine. Um. So, you know, I don't know if it comes down to a point where it's like, well, you know, maybe let's give Ned one of those conditioning stints. I don't know how long he's got to be out in order for them to be available for that. The but. problem, though, is he's still on the NHL roster on conditioning stints. So even right. if they gave him a conditioning stint, that doesn't free up a roster spot. Right. So they, you might just have to. <sighs> I mean, it makes sense. Like, you don't you need to make a roster space. Most teams don't carry three goalies, right? Like right. Someone's yeah. got, it's got to be either Helberg or Ned. <laughs> It's the easiest place to point to off of it, man. Or like, mm-hmm. if you want to get super crazy, then you start having like the the Suter and Ernie conversation. Like if, right. if like if none of the rest is justifiable to you, and you really are adamant on keeping three goalies for some reason, mm-hmm. that, but like even that, you're just really prolong. You're just delaying the inevitable anyway, because then Murph's right. gonna come back right after Fabry comes back, <laughs> and then like you're gonna be in the same position. So like, you, you, you gotta free up four off now. Yeah, sooner or later, the goalie situation is going to be it, it has to be answered yeah. it's you know you can kick the can down the long the down the road only for so long but then at you know at some point it's 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 going to come up and and rear its ugly head so i don't know who you make a decision on whether it's helberg whether it's ned i mean 
Right. You're, either one is only here. Their conversation. Their jeez. Their contract ends at the end of the season, so um, you know it, you're not married to either one, I guess. But you also don't want to, you know, burn Billy Huso out because every time you throw out one of your backups, they're just getting getting uh just getting lit up there. So again, I'm not. I'm glad I'm not making these decisions. I, I right. I could I could give like a you know what I would do, but I'm not, I'm not Steve. I don't, I don't try and pretend to be Steve. <laughs> um, I would, I would, but I would, yeah. Soderblom, I think it's, he's, he's got, I mean, just unreal potential. He's been playing great. Maybe a little bit more seasoning wouldn't, wouldn't hurt him. I don't think it would hurt us either. And then, but until we get this, until we get this situated, that might be the best move. And then, Someone might be hitting the waiver wire. I don't know who. I'm not going to try and. and, and <laughs> let's get crazy. Back. Let's get crazy with it. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Who, who would be absolutely nutty to put on the waiver wire? Um, you know what? Have Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider played enough games yet to be uh, on the waiver wire? Are they still waiver exempt? Are they <laughs> options? <laughs> Cl- not said- clickbait. Are Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond options? <laughs> Aren't they aren't they waiver exempt still technically? Technically, there... I think they might actually still be waiver exempt. I'm I'm checking this right now. Not clickbait. This is this is the title of today's show. You know what? Morris Sider has had a rough season, guys. I think he might need to get sent down. <laughs> My God, people would stop listening to us so fast if we were serious about that. He is waivers exempt. Cider's waivers. I mean, there we go. We got our answer. We'll send Vallejo, Peregrin, Soderblom, Cider, and uh, Raymond down. And then God, we don't have to lose anybody. We just lose we two of our top players. Then we have room to bring all in. about flexibility. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, with all that, we'd have enough room to bring in Brian Fisher of Elite Prospects. So. There we go. <laughs> I actually did have a dream last night that I played for the Red Wings and real, no real talk, real talk in the dream. Scotty. I was like, why am I on the team? I suck at (laughs) hockey. That was part of the dream. Even in my own dream, I'm not good at hockey. Dude can't even dream big. (laughs) (laughs) Even in his dream, he's like, this is not right. This is something something in the dream they're giving me ice time. I'm like, why are they putting me out there? (laughs) Are they trying to lose? Don't belong here. (laughs) (laughs) Felt so out of place. Consciously being aware in your own dreams is just right, right. The second he gets on the ice and checks it, he's like, This is a dream. There's no (laughs) right. Can't believe this. <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. That's we're we're way over time already. Andrew, as <laughs> always, it was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us. Uh, Want to plug your socials? Plug anything you're working on? Yeah, for sure. Um, anyone on Twitter can follow me at fph griffins. Um, I'm always live tweeting the Griffins games. I'll uh, I'll be there at Van Andel Arena this weekend. Um, I got a bit. Uh, big article in the works uh for this saturday's game where the griffins are partnering up with the i understand organization to kind of raise mental health awareness and um i i that's an issue that's very near and dear to my heart as always so anytime i can promote it i always do so i appreciate you guys having me on giving me a chance to talk about it of course man you know you're you're the lone source for griffins news (laughs) you you, you gotta lock down (laughs) Lockdown, or you, lockdown. 
I was going to say you could say you got a lot done. We'll be back tomorrow, guys, with a game preview of the Wings' first game in like four days. So stay tuned for that. Um, again, Andrew, thank you so much. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts? I got to ask. We will. We will. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. See your team every day. Every day.